One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. From thecrypt.co, my name is Matthew Aaron. In today's stories, Bitcoin demand is set to outpace supply within eight years. Bitcoin investments are doubling among boomers and Gen Xers. And in our top story, the Lebanese Lira is now only worth one Satoshi. Today, on the Decrypt Daily. Hey everyone, happy Thursday. I hope everybody's having a great July 2nd, 2020. I just want to say, I'm over here living in Ohio and it's usually gray and cloudy and just kind of crappy over here. But we've had the best weather, literally 10 days straight of blue skies. And my garden's still growing, so nothing to complain about. The only thing that would make it better is if I read these Bitcoin prices and they are skyrocketing. Let's see. And sadly, it looks like the market's totally down. Bitcoin is fighting going into the 8,000s at $9,089.11, down 2% from yesterday. Ethereum's at $227.25, almost down 2% from yesterday. Litecoin, 4102, down over 2% from yesterday. Bitcoin Cash, down 2.5% from yesterday at 220.40. And XRP is down a little bit as well at 17.5 cents. No clue why this is happening. It seems as though the stock market's doing well and well, they're usually kind of correlated. We're just gonna have to wait and see how this pans out for the Bitcoin and crypto markets today. Let's just wait and see. In today's main story, we're gonna to go to Lebanon. But before we get into the story today, I wanna to tell you a little bit about Lebanon, its history and where it's located. And where it's located will tell you quite a bit about its history. It is on the Mediterranean Sea. Its western border is the seacoast. On the east and on the north is Syria, and on the south is Israel. So, as you can imagine, anything that happens in Syria probably has a little bit of a spill out into Lebanon. And that's what we've seen in history. The Syrian Civil War, 2011 to 2017, did spill over into Lebanon, and we saw violence on Lebanese soil. This violence from the Syrian Civil War stoked the flames of Lebanese factional violence. And because of that, there is a resurgence in Lebanese on Lebanese violence. Don't forget the Arab Spring, which the Arab Spring was a series of anti-government protests, uprising, and armed rebellions spread much across the Arab world. This was going on in 2011. And let's not forget Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a Shia Islamist political party and militia group based in Lebanon. And Hezbollah has seen its conflicts with Syria and Israel throughout the last couple decades. So with everything going on in that region, let's just say that there's a lot of instability, a little bit of turmoil, and when you have that, you're going to have an unstable economy. This should go without saying, this is only bullet points from Wikipedia, by the way, of what happened in Lebanon. It's history. So if you want to know more, please look into Lebanese history. It's very, very fascinating. But we're going to talk about the Lira right now. And for that, we reached out to Decrypt's senior writer, Adriana. Article that you wrote today really caught my attention because it's something that I am very passionate about and very much in tune to. It is the inflation of currencies around the world and the destabilization of world economies or, or countries' economies globally that is 
basically the building block of what part of the ethos of Bitcoin. It's that replacement of these fiat currencies that a lot of the Bitcoin maximalists don't have a lot of faith or confidence in. And the article you did today about Lebanon really highlights the use case of Bitcoin and the ethos of Bitcoin. Can you please tell us about the article you wrote today and a little bit about why Bitcoin could be a solution to this? Lebanon is in a massive state of crisis. The currency has fallen by 50% since June. And at the moment, it's at an all-time low. So people are starving in Lebanon. They can't get basic food staples because you need hard currency in order to buy 80% of imports, I think. So Lebanon is basically on its knees. The national newspaper is is predicting a collapse of the whole economy before the end of the autumn. In terms of Bitcoin, there are several proponents for Bitcoin as a solution, one of whom is Saifdin Amus, um, who wrote the Bitcoin standard. And the other, perhaps somewhat surprisingly, is um, Nicholas Nassim Taleb, who wrote The Black Swan. Uh, there, there have been countries that have tried to s- switch to cryptocurrencies as a solution to this either hyperinflation or destabilization of their economies. Zimbabwe has tried and price of the Bitcoin in Z- Zim is a lot higher than most other countries because of the demand. Uh, Venezuela has been trying to do their own currency as well as taking Dash and other currencies like Bitcoin. Iran has also tried to use a lot of some of their holdings and some of their um, cash resources in Bitcoin and digital currencies as well as North Korea. I see a, a running theme here with people who have a problem with the United States government has to try to find solutions. How practical is this a solution for Lebanon? Mm. Well, in Lebanon's case, it's not really necessarily a problem with the dollar per se or foreign currencies. It's just simply difficult to get them. I don't know whether you can equate all the problems and the same with Zimbabwe. Um, you know, they, I'm sure they don't have a problem with the dollar. Uh, so the problems can't all be categorized uh, as for the same reasons. I think the issue with acquiring Bitcoin, which you pointed out, is is the same, though. I mean, Bitcoin will sell at a premium in places like Zimbabwe purely because it is so much in demand. And that may be an issue um, in terms of popularizing it as a medium for transaction, even in the face of much, much global economic uncertainty. Point out these two very famous authors, one more famous in the crypto space and one famous in general, two New York Times bestsellers. My favorite, of course, was Fooled by Randomness, but they are proponents to Bitcoin in this instance. Are they just taking the side of cryptocurrency because they are actually well-known cryptocurrency enthusiasts, or is it the most practical solution? And I mean that by why doesn't Lebanon just switch to the U.S. dollar as Zimbabwe did or some of these other countries have done in the past as a means of transacting? If their currency is now worth one Satoshi per lira, which is their Lebanon's currency, why don't they just start using the U.S. dollar and just abandon the lira altogether? Well, I don't think that would be a very popular solution in Lebanon. I mean, you have to see Lebanon's situation in light of the whole region some of which is anti-US. Choosing the dollar is also not an option simply because there isn't enough dollars there. And also because there's a, there's a lot of infighting, it seems, going on politically. For instance, I think the government is having 
problems with the central bank, which is stopping international aid from going into the country. So they have to sort out, you know, their own differences. It's not a case of just saying we're going to introduce another currency. Taleb is not, I mean, he's tweeted quite a bit about cryptocurrency, but nobody really knows um, how much he has or how invested he is. From what I've, I, I've seen um, of what he's written, then his interests are largely uh, humanitarian in terms of helping his countrymen to get the money out of the country, basically, or to put it in some sort of, you know, safe haven. This is totally opinion. Do you see that there could be a juxtaposition between some of these other countries that are starting to see hyperinflation or economic instability with some of the Western countries that could be facing that in the future. Do you think that's a possibility for places like the UK, the US, Europe? That's a huge question, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm not particularly optimistic in, because of Brexit. I mean, quite likely things will move towards in sort of the increased instability that we're seeing in some of these hyperinflationary countries. Adriana, thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Bye. I think this is a good spot for a one-on-one on fiat currency. And for that, I reached out to my good friend, Stephen Graves, managing editor of Decrypt. So fiat currency is money that's declared to be legal tender by a government and regulated by a centralized authority like a central bank. Instead of being underpinned by a commodity like gold or silver, its value derives from the government that issued it. In 1971, US President Richard Nixon abandoned the gold standard, meaning that the dollar could no longer be converted to gold. Today, most national currencies are fiat currencies. However, since fiat currencies aren't tied to a physical asset held by the government, they're at risk from inflation. The government can simply print more money if the currency is losing its value. Advocates of Bitcoin argue that because it has a fixed supply of 21 million, it's immune to inflation. They claim that its value derives from the energy invested in Bitcoin mining, its distributed consensus mechanism, and the fact that it can't be seized. Critics, however, dispute that Bitcoin has intrinsic value. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Man, your definitions are amazing. We just got to get you a mic. Straight, to the point, concise, and very informative. Now to other news. Who's buying Bitcoin? (laughs) I'm buying Bitcoin. I'm a Gen Xer. And also boomers. We are apparently going and buying more Bitcoin and putting significantly larger percentage of our funds into cryptocurrencies, at least in the UK. Data showed that there is a two times increase from February to March, then a four and a half times increase from February to April, and finally an almost nine times increase from February to May, each month showing a double rate of growth compared to the previous month. That's kind of crazy. Uh, just FYI, baby boomers are 1946 to 1964, and uh, Gen Xers are 1965 to 1980. I'm 1979, right at the end, but what do you think the best generation is? Email me, Matthew Aaron at decryptmedia.com. Along the same vein, is Bitcoin's demand will outpace its supply within eight years. You see, now this is actually kind of interesting. Bitcoin, as you know, halves every four years. It just halved, and the halving reward went to 6.25 Bitcoin as a reward for miners. Now, in another four years, that's going to halve again, which means that the amount of Bitcoin going into the supply is going to be less and less. Now, the demand of Bitcoin is getting more popular, as you can see from Gen Xers, like myself, and boomers, 
like I guess my mom no my mom isn't she's oh she is 1964 anyway more older people as well as Millennials are wanting to get this digital currency and the demand is outpacing the supply and another big reason that this is happening is that people that have Bitcoin don't want to let it go some people call it hodlers of last resort meaning that they're holding at a loss. Maybe they bought at $20,000 Bitcoin as it was on January of 2018, but they have to hold it so they don't lose money. Well, that means we're not letting it go back into circulation. So where's the new Bitcoin coming from? People might pay more and more in the future for Bitcoin because of the lack of supply. And finally, major Bitcoin wallets are finally addressing the double spending attack exploit in some of their wallets. So what is a double spend? A double spend is basically spending the same Bitcoin. With fiat currency, a word we just learned, it's not possible to hand one vendor, say you're buying a candy bar with $1, and hand that same dollar to another vendor for an apple. It's not possible. It's physically not possible. Physics, man, physics. But with the digital space, you can hand copies of different things to other people and they don't know it's not the original. For example, a meme. How many times have people sent the same meme to many, many people? That's what happens in the digital world. Bitcoin addresses this problem. But the problem is, is wallets didn't account for maybe a payment being canceled. So basically what it would look like is if you sent somebody a Bitcoin, it pops up into their wallet and shows that you received a Bitcoin before it's even confirmed on the network because they just want you to close your wallet and get on with your day. It's faster that way. But what if that person walks away and cancels that payment? Well, that is a double spend. They just gave you a Bitcoin virtually, canceled it, got the goods, and now they're out to spend another Bitcoin. Well, this has been addressed and hopefully in the future, there's nothing else to worry about. Well, that's it for the show for today. I hope everybody learned a little something fiat, double spend, and a little bit about what's going on in the world and in the crypto space. Please, you can send me an email at MatthewAaron at DecryptMedia.com. Also, don't forget to follow our Twitter, DecryptMedia, my personal Twitter, MatthewAaronSHO, MatthewAaronShow. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating, a comment, and tell your friends about us. It helps us stay visible so people can have the best crypto news in the crypto space. We'll see you tomorrow.